Hey there, and welcome back to Food Biz Whiz. You are listening to episode 67, and today we're talking about that age-old dilemma that you can get your food or beverage brand on the shelf, but you can't get off the shelf and into shoppers' baskets once you do. So if you've ever struggled with slow sales once you do land those wholesale accounts, this episode is for you. Keep on listening. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hey, my whizzes. I am really excited to do this episode today as one of the most common questions that I get from food and beverage founders is how do I increase my sales? I hear you guys encountering the same exact problem that a buyer gives you a shot, right? You convince them to stock your product and you get all excited. You deliver the order and then nothing. You don't hear back from the buyer and you're left to wonder what happened. Eventually, you realize you're not selling off that shelf and the buyer has no need for a reorder. Womp, womp. In today's show, I'm sharing a few steps that you can take to get your sales moving forward if you've hit a dry spell. Are you ready for them? Okay, first off, the very, very first thing that you want to do do is determine if you actually have a problems on your on your hand here and if you actually have slow sales for your category. So now this might seem obvious, but it's an important step. So often I hear brands who say, I wish I had higher velocity, Allie. Like I wish I sold more. But when we actually dig into the numbers, they're doing great for their category. Why is this important? Okay, so we have got to figure out if you're actually having a velocity problem before you spend time and energy solving it, right? So let me give you an example. Let's say that you are a honey producer, and on average, you sell four jars a week at your favorite retail account. Of course, you might wish that they sold more honey, right? But when you look at the average sales in the honey category, you're doing just great and you're outpacing other brands on the shelf. Okay, ready for another example? Say you make kombucha, (laughs) and you are selling 36 bottles a week. You might wish that you sell more, and sure enough, when we look at the numbers from your top account, the average kombucha brand is selling about 48 bottles a week. You realize that you are underperforming based off their sales data, and you confirm that yes, it is time to take action here. So again, I want to drive this point home. Every single brand that I have encountered wants higher sales. That is a given. But I do not want you wasting your time, wasting your marketing dollars, wasting your energy to increase your sales if that is not the most urgent thing that you need to be working on in your business. You guys are busy foodpreneurs. You have a ton going on. If sales aren't an urgent matter for you, I want you to focus on what is, okay? Now, I know what you're probably wondering, right? You're going to ask me where you get that sales data in the first place, and there are a few options. 
Of course, there's paid and there's free data out there. I've actually got a really great podcast from last year on using data to build your brand and where you can find some great free resources. So I'm going to link that in our show notes. And of course, if you're a Retail Ready student who's listening right now, don't forget to access my PDF on where to find free data on our course platform, okay? So beyond that, beyond that, right? The answer is simple, right? On where to find data, where to get the sales information. And it's one that seems to surprise many food founders. You ask the store. If you've got a great relationship with the store and you've been selling there for a while, you can simply ask the buyer or the inventory manager or frankly, whoever typically places the orders with you, how you're stacking up compared to others in your category. After all, you may remember some advice that I've given in the past. When you are looking at your sales data, you want to make sure that you are outpacing the other brands in your category. Okay. So you ask your favorite buyer and it's as simple as telling them that you want to make sure that you've got a strong footing in your category and that you ask them if they can tell you on average what typical weekly or monthly sales are in your category. It's that simple. That way you can assess how you're doing in comparison to others and you can decide whether or not it's urgent that you address your sales velocity. Okay. So if you can't get that info from a buyer, right? You're like, what, what else, Allie? I don't have a good relationship with a buyer. You can ask a grocery stocker, right? Or the person who is literally stocking the products in your category on the sales floor. You can pretend to be an innocent grocery shopper and just happen to ask them, Hey, what's your best-selling tortilla chip. I mean, they are going to know. They are the ones who are physically handling the products every single day. Okay, so that is step number one. Really, really ensuring that you are solving the right problem in your business. If it is not sales velocity, I mean, yay for you, (laughs) and you should focus on something else in your business right now. Okay, so what happens if you get the data back and it is telling you that you have reason for concern? I'm going to talk out a few things that you can do. I've got three suggestions for you. But before I dive in, let's pause for a quick break from one of my favorite sponsors. I will be right back. I'm going to tell you a secret from my time as a grocery buyer. Buyers will only bring in your product line if they trust that you are going to bring high sales to your category. They don't care whether your product is the most delicious ever or made with local ingredients. They care about whether or not it's going to sell. How can you prove this to those buyers? With data. And that is why I love WeStock, and I wish it had been around when I was in my buyer role. WeStock has modernized the classic product request form, and it collects your fans and followers' enthusiasm into real data that you can use in your wholesale pitch. Buyers rely on numbers, and you can give them just that by collecting it with WeStock. Check them out at WeStock.io or find them in my show notes and use promo code FOODBIZWIZ for 25% off your first year. Okay, we're back and we're going to talk through what you can do to get your sales moving. So first, 
I want you to reconnect with store staff and ensure that they are just as in love with your product as you are. When was the last time you sent or dropped off samples labeled specifically for staff consumption? Maybe let's say it's early December and now is the perfect time to drop off bite-sized samples of your energy bars with a cute little note saying that you wanted to give the staff some extra fuel for the holidays. And maybe you explain that the bite that they're trying is the same exact flavor of the new skew that they brought in last month. I love this idea. Or let's see another one. Uh, Maybe you are a popsicle maker and it's June and there's a heat wave. I mean, go and drop off popsicles for your favorite grocery staff. Maybe it's St. Patrick's Day and you make tomatillo salsa that's a beautiful green color. You can write a cheeky note to drop off some chips and dip and encourage them to try your green sauce on March 17th. I mean, who cares, right? (laughs) You get the point. Find an excuse to get your products in the hands of the people who are actually stocking the product on the store shelves, because you know they're also the people who shoppers are turning to as they ask for advice on which almond butter brand is the best. So the point here is that we really, really want to make sure that we are creating a little network of salespeople for your products, and there is no better way than to connect directly on the store level with folks who handle your product on the daily. You want them to be advocates for your brand when you are not there to sell it yourself. Once you have connected with the store staff and you know that folks on the floor know what your product tastes like, how to use it, and are eager to recommend it, it's time to run a promotion. Now, before you turn off this podcast, I know you're tempted, right? Or you might be like saying, yeah, yeah, Allie, okay, everyone wants me to put my product on sale and I'm a bootstrapped foodpreneur and I just don't have the money for that. Let me tell you that I get it, right? I hear you. I see this every day in Retail Ready. It is rare that I meet a food founder who is flush with cash and eager to run sales for their brand. Okay, so we're all in the same boat. It's painful for everyone. But I am going to tell you this. Grocery is a numbers game, and it's a game where you try to get ahead with velocity and margin, and one of the key strategies is running a promotion. That strategy is always what the buyer is going to suggest first. If you are not willing and able to abide by the rules, which include discounting your product at least a few times per year, frankly, you're not playing the game. You might think that you're playing the grocery game, but you're not. Now, I hate giving you tough love like this and saying like, too bad, right? (laughs) And sending you on your way. So let me say a few other things here. If you don't have room in your budget, in your marketing budget, that is, to run quarterly promotions, it's time to reassess your financial model. Promotions, like I said, they're just part of the game. So you need to pause and figure out how, how you can afford to do them. Otherwise, you are going to be stuck playing a small ball, right? So from there, let me remind you that there are ways to support your brand besides running big promotions. You can be super strategic about the type of promo that you offer, how often, what guidelines you put in place with retail accounts, how long the promo lasts, what time of year you'll do it, what the discount or offer is going to be, and on and on and on. But again, it starts with the strategy first, assessing how the sale is going to help you achieve higher sales, 
how that promo, you get it, is going to help you achieve higher sales and what you need to put in place to make that happen. Okay. And then finally, I've got one other big thing to take into consideration if you have consistent slow sales, especially compared to other brands in your category, right? You need to take a good, hard look at your marketing efforts. Now, I don't say this lightly. Marketing is a huge topic, and it's one that isn't going to be solved in the last five minutes of this podcast. But hear me out, okay? You can develop a delicious product. You can source the best ingredients and partner with the best mission-driven suppliers. You can have pretty packaging and you can know your target audience through and through. But unless you have a marketing plan in place and you are consistently setting quarterly marketing goals and implementing them, that's key, your sales will always suffer. So what does that look like? Well, I've got a whole module on marketing strategy within Retail Ready and how to set those quarterly goals. But in summary, it's sitting down, it's looking at the next three months, and it's articulating which efforts are going to be the most impactful for your brand. So perhaps it's figuring out an email marketing strategy, emailing your direct-to-consumer and your wholesale buyers two times a month. I mean, just a note here, I would suggest that if you are doing that, you have two different lists, one for consumers and one for wholesale buyers, so you can create appropriate content for each audience. Maybe you are, maybe you decide it's actually time to post consistently on social media, driving traffic to your retail stores and connecting directly with your consumers. Maybe you're thinking about expanding your reach with giveaways or influencer marketing or paid ad spend or a pop-up shop or a unique sample strategy. All great ideas, my whizzes. But the point is that you have to spend time crafting the strategy and consistently implementing it. So did you catch that one keyword that I just said? It was consistent. So here's the deal. There is no quick fix on increasing your sales. There's no one action that you can take one single time and expect your velocity to magically skyrocket overnight and remain that high forever and ever moving forward. That, unfortunately, is not how marketing works. Marketing is a little bit like pushing a snowball down a hill. So you start with something small and you roll it around, slowly gathering the snow into a small ball. You start to push it down the hill and it gets a little bit bigger but you still got to push it forward, right? You keep going and going and the snowball gets larger and larger. And finally, it might have just enough momentum to travel forward by itself for a bit, gathering speed and mass. But at some point, you know what happens? It stops again, right? (laughs) And you've got to give it another push. It is getting bigger and bigger, but it takes effort and attention. Okay, so maybe that snowball example was like a little bit of a stretch, but you hear what I'm saying. Marketing is never a one and done sort of thing. And its success is a result of collective, consistent effort. So if you don't have the sales that you want, I bet that part of it is that you're inconsistent with your marketing. Okay, my whizzes, I want to know how this landed with you. Where are you you going to focus your efforts first in increasing your sales? Send me a DM on Instagram. I truly want to know. And for those of you who already connect with me on that platform, you know how active I am over there. So send me a DM. I'm at It's Ali Ball. And so once you determine if your sales are actually slow, 
I want to know, are you going to focus on connecting with store staff? Are you going to try running promotions? Are you going to go back to the basics of marketing? So you know what I'm going to say. Ideally, you do all three. Okay, that's it for this week, my whizzes. Next week's episode is such a good one. I can't wait for you to tune in. It's with one of my favorite experts in CPG, Kevin Ryan of Malachite Strategy. So he's going to come and talk to us about creating a sales pipeline and driving growth through product development. So make sure you tune in here next week. And until then, I'll see you in our private Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. Find it in our show notes, as always. And I hope you stay busy. Have a good one and bye for now. You hear it from your customers every day. I love your product. I wish this was sold near me. When are you going to be carried at my favorite local store? It is time to capture those customer interactions and put them to work for your brand. We Stock streamlines the product request process and helps get your brand on retail shelves faster by collecting data that is essential for your wholesale pitch. And you have heard me say it enough times by now to know that buyers love data. A pitch that is backed by data is always going to capture that buyer's attention faster than a pitch without it. Learn more about how you can use your fans' product request to perfect your pitch at westock.io or linked in my show notes. And don't forget to use promo code FOODBIZWIZ for 25% off your first year. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.